Uh, welcome to BT Dubs Quarantine Edition. It's a very, very special episode of Beyond the Weeds. I am Tommy. Well, and you know what? Hopefully, maybe this is the start of more of these types of episodes to come because I think given the current climate of our industry, I feel like a lot of folks out there might have a lot to say and weigh into on what we're all going through right now. And I, I kind of think Tommy and I want to use this as a platform to open up that conversation. And we'd like to invite anyone globally, anywhere who wants to call in now that we're doing this uh, call-in system here uh, to, to be able to come on the show. And we'd love you guys to, to come talk to us. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the goal here. Um, anybody who has anything they want to contribute either by email or if you actually want to uh, be on the show and chat with us, uh, let us know via email at btdubspod at gmail.com, btdubspod at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know if you want to uh, speak your speak your voice and let us know what's going on in your neck of the woods uh as it pertains to the service industry and let's be honest you guys i know we're all doing our best to stay healthy and active as much as we can during this uh quarantine time but we don't have a ton going on so (laughs) i know if if you're anything like me you're checking those articles those eaters those new york times those cnn's like every three seconds so yeah it's nonstop. i think and Maybe we can we can all open up a discourse with each other and 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 kind of get some relief through this podcast. That's kind of what my hope is here. Yeah, same here. Um, I think uh, for the purposes of this episode, we should probably talk about where we're both at and uh, what's going on in our respective uh, positions and and places of work, right? Absolutely. So, um, as I've mentioned a few times on the show. Uh, I've been in the process of opening a new restaurant as the general manager and our opening date was slated for, um, you know, this week actually. And I kind of started to have a feeling the more and more I watched the news, um, leading up to this, that that might not be the case, but I hadn't really fully panicked until last Thursday at 8 PM when, uh, Trump announced the travel ban to and from Europe. And I, as soon as that news hit, it was like almost like survival instincts in me just like kicked right in. And I started just figuring out how and if I could leave the city with my two cats and kind of get out because I don't mean to seem over dramatic, but if the grid's going to go down, I'm not trying to be in New York City when that happens. I've been in New York for 10 years. I love New York City, but we already shouldn't be able to live there. Like if you really think about it on any good day, <laughs> it shouldn't be able to sustain human existence. Like on the best day, it shouldn't be able to happen. So <laughs> I just kind of felt like, Oh my God, I'm from Western Massachusetts in the middle of the goddamn woods. And I just, my body and soul just told me like, Brittany, go back to the woods. <laughs> and I went back to the woods with my cats. When the, when the woods call, <laughs> you answer the call. Uh, yeah, mine was a little bit later than yours, but I, uh, I had the, the urge to, to get out of town too. And luckily it, it coincided with me getting the phone call from my job, uh, telling me that, uh, at that time, the, the plan was to be closed for two weeks, um, starting Monday. Uh, and this was Saturday afternoon. So, um, and then, you know, the things are constantly changing in New York in the, in the business. And, uh, at that time, 
uh, they decided to close for two weeks completely. And then Sunday night, I got a call saying uh, that they were going to open in a limited capacity with just uh, sort of one kitchen person and one front of the house employee for four hours, four to eight. Um, and then no sooner than I got that call was there an announcement that effective on Tuesday, dining in would not be allowed in New York City either. So uh, that shut that thing down. So as far as I know, we're just in kind of limbo and we're completely closed and waiting for this whole thing to be yeah. over, I guess. Well, that's actually where I was about to go because like there's a lot of conversations going on about um, whether or not New York City restaurants and New York City socially has taken this seriously enough and responsibly enough. And, you know, my vote is kind of no, because we were the last and we are the largest city in in the United States. New York City was the last kind of place to put these things into place, into effect. And I get why that is because our infrastructure is so delicate and a lot of restaurants were just like, okay, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to like, you know, cut down on labor. We're going to reduce our hours. We're going to pump out delivery and take out when we don't normally do it. And we're going to do whatever we have to do to survive. But at a certain point, the government like has to step in for everybody's safety and say like, I know like, oh God, it's like all these small businesses that can barely support payroll week to week are just trying to do what they have to do. And now with my restaurant that hasn't even opened yet, you know, the owners are discussing the potential of starting delivery, but it's like, we, we're not even on the map yet. Like no one knows who we are. Like, how does that work? How will it work? And it's a gamble. And right now it's the, the whole point is that like, this is such an unsure time and you can't fault establishments and operators from trying to, to generate income right now. But yeah, anyway, but that, like, like by any means necessary. Right. But then there's like that fine line of like, but are we being safe right now as a society? Like you have to look at like, I think this is a really big example of us having to look at the really big picture. We think that we look at the big picture every day, but we don't. This is like the big picture, you guys. And <laughs> it's it's really hard, but like this is a global pandemic and like and restaurant workers are the most vulnerable industry in this time. Um and you know, I don't know if we're going to get too much at least on today's episode on what's being done to support hourly workers in the restaurant industry and salary workers workers in the industry, but the government has promised to take action. We don't know what that action will be. But in the meantime, um, I'm constantly reading articles about things that can be done. And uh, I even suggested to my staff in a mass email today, I was like, guys, if you have cars, not only should you sign up to drive delivery, but you should pair up with a buddy of yours that doesn't have a car and split it with them 50 50 because now guess what you're an uber eats driver but you have a friend in the car with you to help you <laughs> and like <laughs> you know run that shit in and out like you can yeah you can drive and they can, can, you know yeah. what i mean we gotta we gotta support each other and hold each other up and figure out ways to make this work yeah and uh, you know that that buddy system could definitely uh speed things up if you don't have to worry about like parking or you know getting a ticket for double parking or anything like that somebody can stay in the car while the other person is the is the foot footman 
Exactly, man. Like, like, let's just like pretend we're in high school. Pack your car full of friends. Maybe you bring some weed. I'm not condoning that you're driving around talking weed in your car, but hey. But you know what I mean? Like, play, <laughs> play some nice jams. Everybody can just like, I don't know. You got to make the best of these things. And the other one was um, that I've been reading a lot about. Uh, grocery stores are desperate for overnight shelf stockers. So, you know, grocery store workers are already like working to the max and they're looking for overnight restockers. We're already up all night, guys. We're in the industry. It's not glamorous, but those hey, jobs will be available if you if you look now, you know. And then like, you know, another thing I just think it's it's been really beautiful just seeing the outpouring of support from industry and non-industry people on social media, just like, you know, it, it, you're not alone here. Um everyone in this industry that you share is suffering the same way. We're all really unsure of, of where the next check's going to come from, what's going to happen here. And I think that we just have to have faith in each other and faith in our society that, you know, this is going to be made right and nobody's going to completely go without. Yeah, I certainly hope not. And, uh, you know, we're all, you know, sort of optimistic or you know maybe marginally op optimistic that it will be over in a reasonable amount of time but we don't know that and uh you know people a lot of people i work with a lot of people in you know that i in, that work in my restaurant are definitely in a position where i know they they have kids and they you know they rely on a weekly paycheck and if two three four five weeks go by that that's a big hole to dig yourself out of Absolutely. Like this is some really scary stuff. You guys, I don't want this to be like a super downer episode, but I don't really know how to make this super fun and funny. Either. So, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I think you that's know, why something we need that's been you really guys. Helpful for me. <laughs> it's why we need you all. Yeah. I was just gonna say something that's been really helpful for me ever since I've self quarantined to the woods, to my dad's house with my, you know, step sibling and stepmother. And we're crammed into this house and I brought my two cats and it's a lot. And, you know, something that's been getting me through has been at, at night, just talking on the phone to my friends. I'm on the phone with my friend in LA. I'm on the phone with my friend, friends in, in New York city, and I'm checking in with everybody and we're keeping each other sane and we're talking and we're having this discourse and everybody, you know, me and just my small group of friends have been getting a lot of therapy out of kind of just venting our feelings and, and, and where we're at. And also just having that be our social outlet is huge because we don't have another way right now. We're pretty social people. So it's, uh, it's difficult to be quarantined in a, in a far away and quiet place, which we're not oh. used to. It feels impossible sometimes you guys. And that brings me back around to our initial invitation. Like I really, we, Tommy and I both really mean it. Anyone we don't have to have ever met you or talked to you before anyone who's listening, who wants to, call in or just write in and, and just talk and like, let it out. Talk to us, talk to our listeners, whatever. Um, I think we could probably have a lot of fun while we're all doing nothing else. And, you know, I might even come up with some game times that I'll spring on you. I don't know yet. Like we're going to yes, figure yes. out how this Let's works for that. BT dubs and yeah, we'll find a way to make yeah. it fun. And, uh, you know, and obviously there's always room for war stories. Uh, those those are never boring. We can have coronavirus war stories, pre-coronavirus war stories. I'm sure we're going to have plenty of post-coronavirus war stories in the future, but for now, <laughs> oh, yeah, we have definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got something that so, I was thinking about. Just like um, watching TV and and 
every like I, anything that comes on now, uh, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they're like shaking hands, they're hugging, they're you know, and I'm I'm seeing all you know shows from forever ago or whatever you know back anything from before two weeks ago. Uh, and now I'm watching yes. stuff with a whole a whole new lens and being like, oh my god, I can't believe they're touching, I can't believe that happened, you know, or you know, it's like. Your my that's whole psyche so, has shifted. That's so funny that you just said that because we haven't talked about this before. But I had to drive back to the city last night for a meeting, and I drove right back after because I'm not trying to like contaminate myself or my family. But um, I was listening to an audiobook, and it's so funny you just said that. I was like, in this audiobook, there was like a part where she's like, I took a sip of his coffee, and I was like, Don't do that, girl. And then I was like, Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not that's not the scary part of the book. Like it's like triggering me too already. In I'm this like, fictional like world, somebody took a sip out no, of somebody else's. It's like a thriller, cup. like <laughs> yeah, it's like a serial killer novel that I'm listening to on audio, and I was like, Don't touch his hand. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, it it's definitely reshaping, you know, the way that we interact and it's going to reshape a lot of things in this industry yeah. going forward. And, um, yeah, we're all in it uh, together, guys. <laughs> an episode of 30 rock last night. Cause that's my, like, that's my comfort show is 30 rock. And, uh, there was a scene. It was, oh, that's uh, one of mine too, for sure. if you're familiar with the show, but when, uh, she's dating, uh, Floyd, Jason Sudeikis's character. And before they're talking, like they go to Cleveland and, uh, they're talking about like New York and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, this, uh, homeless person goes by Liz Lemon and spits in her mouth. And I was like, <gasps> like, it's pretty gross normally, but now it's like, that is deadly behavior. Oh my God. The amount of crazy, like sniffling, coughing homeless people I've allowed to sit next to me on the train just because I don't want to get up like over the years. Yeah, those days are over. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, like, here we are. I'm out in the woods. Tommy's out at the beach. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, actually, if you want to get into a little bit of like quarantine behavior and, and just like things that happen, I'm from like a really, really small town in Western Massachusetts. And my dad has seven brothers and one sister grew up like on a farm. Nobody was watching them, blah, 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 like, like farmland area. You can get the picture. And my dad uh, is in his 70s and my older uncle, uh, the one older than him was over the other night. So they're both in their 70s and we have dinner together. And everybody's drinking wine. And after dinner, they're just, you know, reminiscing about their childhood like they do. And like, I always love to just, you know, get a bag of popcorn and watch them talk about what life was like when they were kids. And uh, my uncle just turned to my dad and he's like, remember that one time we went ratting? And I was like, wait, 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 I'm going to, I was like, can I stop you right there? I was like, did you just say ratting? Like a rat, like it's a verb, like ratting? And he's like, the yeah, verb. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's when to rat. It's when on Friday night, everybody, like we'd have a couple of drinks and everybody, there'd be like, you know, five, six cars packed with teenagers and we'd pull up to the dump and everybody would face their cars towards the dumpsters and you'd turn all your headlights off and you wait for the rats to settle. And then ev once everybody would flip their headlights back on and all the rats would like come like a tidal wave back over the dumpsters and everybody would just get out their guns and you would just shoot as many as you could. And I was like, oh, 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 okay, you're telling me this as if it should sound normal. But the whole yeah, point of know, the story ratting. was that my uncle Frank, yeah, you know, just going ratting, just going ratting at the dump. So my uncle Frank was telling the story because he went ratting with his brand new convertible one time and realized that convertibles are not a great vehicle 
for ratting because one ended up, you know, getting on him. And Uh-oh. I think he ended up like fucking up the gun that he had stolen from my <laughs> grandfather. And it was a whole thing. But when guys, this is back. the kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that happens when you're quarantined in Western Mass. I want your personal family ratten stories. Those of you who have quarantined with your families, I'm sure you have them. Like, <laughs> I tried really hard to get get the fellas to record that uh, on the mic for me, and they wouldn't do it. They got shy. But that's, I think your that's the ratten is, story is probably better. It's pretty much spot on. <laughs> I mean, but those two, my God, aren't they funny? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say here. Do you, Tommy? I think we can. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the plan going forward. Um, we need you guys. Uh, we need each other. So uh, I guess this is sort of a call to arms, a call to action for uh, any BT Dubs listeners. Uh, please, please, please reach out to us uh, at the Gmail that I mentioned, btdubspod at gmail.com. And let us know your stories. Let us know where you're at. Uh, if you want to be recorded or if you want to just have us tell your story, either way. Uh, but we want to really open this up uh, to the community of listeners and uh, anybody affected, which is pretty much all of us in the service industry at this point. So please uh, get at us and uh, you can be on or your story can be told. But please come on, guys. We're, you know, it's it's me and Tommy. Yeah. This doesn't work without a guest. Be our guest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do All right, this guys, without you. BTDubspod at gmail.com. Okay, guys, so my father heard the uh, episode Tommy and I recorded, and he was not happy with my retelling of his Rattan story. Uh, Apparently, I did not have all the facts. So uh, coming to you live from Western Massachusetts, here is my father telling you guys what really happened when he went Rattan. Dad. So growing up in in rural Hatfield, a town of 1,500 people, we all had access to guns mostly 22s and shotguns and one of the things you learned as a teenager was to go to the dump on a Friday night or Saturday night after a couple beers and go ratting and ratting back then was a dump that was not covered with earth wait let me ask you a question was ratting the name of the dump or ratting is the name of the activity that That, you did at the dump well that was the activity okay so the dump, was it not the dump that we know now today? No, there was no landfill. There was nothing pushed over anything. And there it weren't just, actually even dumpsters, right? There was no dumpsters. So the dump was just a place where you dumped your shit. Everybody dumped their shit. Okay. Then they took a big bulldozer and they rode over your shit and they pushed it farther and farther along to a cliff. And in Hatfield, that came down to where the ponds were. But anyway. Sustainability, so, you guys. Very important. So so, <laughs> so everything was exposed, whether it be mattresses, box springs, garbage, clothes. And the rats, of course, because all the garbage was also dumped there, would congregate in all of this conglomeration of everything mankind had so we would drive our cars to the dump and with the headlights off and everybody had guns that either they owned or they took them from other people as teenage children well we were probably 18 19 okay 17 still okay 
licensed age. You were bored. And so in our case, this one time that we, yes, well, it was a rite of passage. So in our case, on this particular night, my brother Frank took a gun, a twenty-two rifle from my Uncle Joe, kind of a precious old piece of firearm. Did he have permission to take this Of thing? course not. Okay. So usually when you go ratting and you turn the lights on. Usually. It, it looks like <laughs> running away from you. It actually looks like uh, like a tidal wave, a wave going away from you of tens and thousands of rats running Just away. Just a tidal from wave of oh, rats. Yeah, yeah. So when I was picturing the rat, and I was picturing the rats coming towards them, I had misconstrued this. So you're looking at just all, you're turning your headlights on, and the rats are now running in the groups of thousands, and now what happens next? Away from us. But in this particular night, a couple of rats came in the wrong direction, and my brother Frank, with my uncle's precious twenty-two, shot at the rat, missed. The rat climbed up his leg. He tried to kill the rat with the twenty-two rifle, broke the gun stock off the rifle, and then had to own up to my uncle the next day. But that was just one little tra well, tragic episode of what usually is a, a very really enjoyable time. time. Well, we missed the part where when the rats are running away, the goal is to shoot, shoot as many kill. as possible yeah, 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 yeah. from your cars. Oh, outside your cars with the headlights right. on. You jump out and you just start you just right. you just start shooting. Cuz normally we we were hunters. In, yeah. in this little town of 1500 people, 15, and and all almost all high school boys had access to shotguns and 22s. And we went hunting. Guys, we're not trying to condone this. We're just saying it was a different time. We just wanted to clear up rat. And, and also, may I say, in New York City, in these new quarantine times, those rats are going to have nowhere to go. I don't know if we should take up rat <laughs> maybe in a different way, maybe in a more like humane way. Maybe it's with like slingshots and not guns. I'm not sure. But if you guys want to go rat and maybe just kick over a pile of garbage and see what happens, I'm not saying shoot them, but like they're there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we have that at our disposal, too.